Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello, everyone. All right, we're... Happy Hi. Thursday. I have my regular sidekick. Apparently, we're funnier when we're together. Pretty everyone cool. thinks you're funny, but apparently I don't. That's what you tell all your friends. You're like, everyone thinks well, I'm I funny, except you. for you. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you're funny. Sometimes not so much. Yeah. Okay, tonight's episode, we are going to share best horse advice you've ever gotten. We have some good questions to answer, and you're going to share some of your book. What book are you reading? Show them. Tell them if they're watching the podcast. Major Andrus Lundgren's Teaching Exercise, a manual for instructors and riders. And, uh, you know, back in the 80s, 90s. Whenever he was most popular, he was the Swede with the cones um, because. Oh, he's the cone you, guy. He's the cones. Um, so you have some new cone exercises for us. Uh, sure. Yes. <laughs> um, how he sets them up and so that people ride correct corners is the cone goes three meters out of the corner. So yeah. And so then on the inside of the cone, you're making a circle on the outside of the cone, you're riding the corner. Yeah, that's another good exercise. Put a cone in your corner. If you have a dressage arena. But the thing that I set up was because those people who, by the way, I was totally humbled by, who were riding out in the forest and in that field and stuff with nothing, you know, no arena. That way you could get that. Okay, we're starting out with, let us know if you're live here. What is the best piece of horse advice that you've gotten? Me? Yeah, you go. Uh, when Albert Heidemann put his fingers on my forearm, and I'd been riding about 12 years, seriously, at that point, and uh, he put his fingers on my forearm and went, oh, my God, why are your arms so strong? And that's that would be the beginning of the scrambled egg thing. What he taught me that day and what I've tried to learn how to supple and bend my finger, you know, my pinky towards my belly button, pinky towards my belly button. Um, <laughs> that was, it's, it's changed my world, my horse's world, and obviously all the people who got the scrambled eggs thing. Uh, that was be the single greatest thing I ever heard was like, oh my God, your arms. Yes. Um, okay. Barbara says something is better than nothing. Yes. Yes. I think, good. yeah. I mean, I think such a big part of riding is about consistency and just like being there every day, seeing your horse, getting to know your horse and for your horse that it's like a routine that they get out and they work. I mean, that's a huge part of it. Um, I think my best advice is tomorrow's another day and not to get like too wrapped up in the, in the ups and downs of, um, of everything. And then the Western guy I used to work with, he always used to say, quit while the quitting's good. Meaning yep. like, just if you're having a good ride end on a good note, especially with young horses that you don't like keep going until it gets bad. 
and then oh yeah look someone else said in on a good note yeah yes ask and allow okay there Don't were perfect it into a disaster <laughs> There were some other good ones. So here, Ellie says, if you don't ride the horse, the horse will ride you. Confidence is key. They sense insecurity and become uneasy themselves, and then bad things happen. Yeah, somebody asked, I was teaching somebody the other day, and they said, does the horse know I don't know? And I was like, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah, you were like, the second your butt gets in the saddle. The horse is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, oh, here's another good one. Kathy, your horse is a mirror image of yourself. I absolutely <laughs> believe that your horse is your mirror. I am in that camp. I do believe that. What does that say about you? I don't know. My horses all seem to be kind of mellow. Except Frankie. She's getting mellower. Okay. Dodge's um, in really did help a lot, though, by the way. <laughs> Oh, here's a good one. Collection comes from the hind end and forward, not the front. Yep, that is good. Your horse can't learn English. So if you really want to communicate with him, you need to learn horse. Yeah, AIDS, that's the name we give the language that we communicate with horses with. Absolutely. Oh, here's a good one. Teach them the answer before you ask them the question. I have a great example of that. What? So um, I was riding, I was taking a lesson with Don Seiji when I was eventing, and uh, he had this great place up Santa Barbara, and he had the water and the thing, and all you go downhill. And this guy comes with a mule, right? And uh, they get to the top of the water thing, and they got to go down, and the mule just stops. And the guy gets off, and, uh, and then he leads the mule and follow him through the water and over the pole and da 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 da, -da down to the bottom. And so then the guy takes the mule back to the top and he gets on. And then when he said no, he hit it with the stick and down he went. And it, you got to be fair. You got to, the horse has to know that he can do it before you like make that demand. Anyway. That's good. It was. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you have to like break things down into like smaller steps. And I think that's something that people, it's like they want to do the flying changes, but they haven't broken it down into pieces and the horse isn't there in the right balance and the horse isn't in a place that they can do the flying change. And that like causes problems. Right. You got to set it up. Okay. This is funny. Um, Deborah Carter, we know her. Don't do it, Deborah. Do not buy another horse. <laughs> I don't think that's good advice. I'd say horses are like potato chips. You can't have just one. Okay, um, they know when you know, and they know when you don't know. What else? Oh, this is a good one from Sylvia. If you make a mistake, make it forward. Yeah. Yeah, that way the horse is just, oh, whatever, where you're going. Okay, um, let's see. Oh, here's, the, you'll like this one. This one's for Kareen. To canter, you have to want to go fast. <laughs> That is a fact. You can't want to want to. You got to want to. <laughs> okay, here's from your friend, friend Butch. He says, you get what you give. Ooh, yes, Butch. You're, you're a lot, man. <laughs> here's one from Rachel. It's not the horse's fault. Uh, Miranda, ride the horse you have that day. I like that one because it's like, it is true that every day your horse is different and like it might be windy or cold or there's something spooky and you have to just 
be like, okay with, okay, this is the horse I have today. I have to work with it. I can't, um, I can't change that. Take the time it takes and it will take less time. Yes. Let it, what is it? No, it's let it take the time it takes and it will take less time. If you let it take the time it takes, it takes less time. Yes. Be patient. Life is short. Buy the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why not? I spent worse money than that. Oh, building on that from Diana, don't buy your trainer a job. Yeah, that is so true. (laughs) No, please buy me a really nice young horse. I want another young horse. In case anyone wants to buy me a job. Here's another good one from Gay. When you go on vacation, let your horse have a vacation too. Yeah, that is true. Okay. Those are fun though. Thank you guys all for for sharing those. Okay, we have some good questions to answer tonight. So let me see if I can find them here. I have to find the good ones first. Um Okay, this is one from Vicky. Please, can you tell me how to work and mount safely with a cold-backed horse? Oh, boy. I'm going to even answer uh, groundwork. Yes. I don't even do a ton of Get- it, but groundwork <laughs> for that one. Get the cold back out of the horse before you try to mount the horse, meaning like lunging, bending, turning. You don't want to get on a horse when their back is all humped up and they're going to buck. And that's a lot of why they won't let you get on. Like I have a young horse in training right now. And before she was in training with me, they would just try to get on her and her back was all tight and she wouldn't stand at the mounting block. And she was like backing up. And sometimes in Europe, they'll get on them in the stall or in like the concrete barn aisle. And like, that's their solution for a cold back horse. And you can get so hurt doing that. Like we know a trainer that got on a horse in the stall and got really, really hurt. So don't do that. Do some groundwork. Okay, Janice, when you say the outside aids execute the turn, I think you were telling me that today. What is the outside rein doing exactly, please? Okay, so if you can't really feel it, you can think about counterflexion. Count, let's say we're going left. Counterflexion, where's, where's Pokey? Pokey is over here. So that, so this is, you know, we think, okay, we want to be bent around the turn, but if you pull on the inside rein, they fall out, they leak out the shoulder. So the outside rein, and if you can't really feel it, take it and counter flex it a little bit and move the shoulder to the inside because you've got to get the horses outside front leg to move underneath his nose because if you just pull on the inside rein oh i'm going to turn i pull the inside rein then the outside front leg falls off the line of travel to the outside and so you're not making the turn the horse is leaking out of the shoulder so if you can't really feel it think almost counterflexion maybe a little bit of counterflexion and feel the shoulder move to the inside then, you know, you'll start to feel better about bend and inside leg and all of that. But you really have to be able to turn the horse's shoulder with the outside rein. Yes. And it's important when you, so your outside hand position, 
your outside hand can be near the withers, but your outside rein should not go across the neck. So you should not have an indirect rein aid. Like you really, as a general rule, you should not use indirect rein aids. So your outside hand can be close to the withers, but it should not go across your horse's main line. And then you also want to support your outside rein with your leg. So like your upper leg, your upper thigh, a little bit pushing into the saddle to help turn the shoulder and your outside leg a little behind the girth. Because remember that everything we do is mostly like seat and leg. And what you do with your rein is like the third thing. Yeah, your weight. Um, and that's in this and book, looking. Way, your weight is the biggest aid you have. Yeah. Like if you want to turn... The first thing you do is look there, turn your shoulders there, put your weight there, close your outside aids, your outside leg, and then your rein. It's not like you start the turn with your rein. Right. That is really a good point. Your whole body has to be involved with that. Okay. Janice. Okay. Amber, how to establish a happy contact with a horse that braces and immediately becomes very heavy on the forehand and hollow? Under saddle only, very supple and light on the ground. So she's done the groundwork. The horse braces and becomes heavy. Transitions and leg yielding. You think about a teeter-totter, right? So if it's on the forehand and heavy, it doesn't have any, it's not taking any weight behind. So if you make the transition down and then start again, and it starts to tip, make the transition down. Then if you don't have access into the rib cage, you leg yield transition down and you get the inside hind leg under. Yeah. Yeah. Because whatever you feel in your hands, like if your horse is heavy or stiff, it's because of what's happening in their back and in their body, like, and what their hind legs are doing. That's what you feel in your hands. So that's when you need to go to like leg yield or transitions to get, to get the hind end more. To under do more. And so if you're feeling the more weight you feel in your hands, the less weight they're taking on their hind legs. And so you can't pull your weight out of that problem. You got to ride briskly forward into a transition. <laughs> okay, look, someone wrote on Facebook, if my weight is my biggest aid, can I eat more cookies? <laughs> um, I'm going to say yes, because I love cookies. Oh my gosh it definitely is an advantage that at times to have a little more weight because like there we have this huge horse at our barn he's like 18 two and yeah. i was trying to ride him for a while and i was like i i cannot ride him he would just put his head down and like pull and go and i was like there's no way so that's why herman is now riding him because i'm i need an extra 100 well, pounds and part of it too is that somebody explained to him how big and strong he is. Yeah. And that's, that's never a good idea. You never want your horse to know how strong you're not. Yeah. You know, just don't teach your horse how strong you're not. It's just not a good idea. Okay. Stephanie, I struggle with looking up any advice. Take a lesson with Herman. He'll yell at you a lot <laughs> until you look up. <laughs> uh, ride in traffic. <laughs> yes. That too. Ride with other people in the arena and you will look up. Um, it's just something you have to be on yourself on the time. You just have to bring it to your conscious mind. And uh, yeah, if you're riding with other people, you will look up because you don't want to wreck. 
Okay. Um, next question is from Patty. I've been off for six weeks. How should I bring the horses and me back to work? They're out in pasture. They've been in regular work prior to this four weeks. Um, so if they've been in pasture, that's good because they've been moving, they've around. Been moving around. So it's better than them like having been locked up in stall rest. But definitely, I mean, I don't know. I think you always start with the basics. Like depending on the horses, if they need to do some groundwork and some lunging, that's good place to start. And then you just start working up the training scale, rhythm, suppleness, connection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, do lunge. And then when you start to ride, you got to give them some walk breaks, you know, yeah. fairly often because they're not really that fit. But I lunge them first, kind of get a feel for how they look and go, oh, that looks like I could ride it. Or that might need a couple more minutes. And then I get on. Yeah. Okay. Here's a good question from Lori. How do I fake being stronger than my horse? <laughs> don't pull don't pull lean forward and the, pull right if don't you, lean forward and pull that's not gonna work you pretend you're stronger by leaning forward and resisting right and butch said it earlier you you uh you get what you give so if you're taking and you keep taking there you're never going to be strong you're not going to out pull your horse no and so that's how you fake it that's how you fake it. When you start to resort to strength to get anything done, now you're faking it. No, but like, yeah. How, so if we're not stronger than our horses, so how do we make them think that we are? Is by like. No, because you're not trying to teach the horse that you're strong. You, you teach it what the aids mean. The leg means go, the rein means stop. And, yeah. and you don't use a tremendous amount of strength. I mean, you have to be physically fit. You can't, you know, not be in control of your body. But the aids mean something. And, you know, you put them on the lunge line and you get them to a quiet state. You get them and you do the groundwork and you get them to a quiet state that they accept the aids. Yeah, and I and I think that you you can't get into a, like a fight or a tug of war with your horse. You have to be smarter than that. So you have to break things down. You have to like do smaller transitions. Um, and then one other thing, like if your horse is strong and you can't stop it and you can't pull on it, turning and bending and like shoulder in like inside leg to outside rein anytime that you put like a torque on the horse and you turn it that allows you to like quote unquote be stronger and more effective than just pulling back on both right, because then straight. you have leverage yeah right if you turn the horse's head then you've got leverage and also for all of you guys like when you do use your reins you have to always think about your seat first like sit back tighten your tummy and then use your reins because if you're just trying to like use your bicep muscles that's not going to work but if you put your whole body and like your upper back and your core into your rein aid then that is going to be a lot more effective right, because then you sit in and your seat right that that directly talks to the hind legs yeah okay shari do we believe in side reins um yes, yes. But I think it's really important that you introduce them correctly, because if you have a horse that doesn't understand the contact at all and you put on like really tight side reins, you can get in a Ooh. lot of trouble. Yes, they will flip over. So, so you start like, with them super, super long. 
Yeah. Well, I even and then start to. Yeah. But I start first, like for those of you guys are, that are in my groundwork course, I start by you have to teach your horse to bend side to side, like to give to the pressure give of the, the pressure. Bit. And then usually I do some turn on the forehand. And then usually I start by just putting the outside side rein on first and getting the horse to step into that. So yes, side reins are a very good tool, but they're a tool and they don't replace the feel that because they're fixed and so they don't replace the feel that you can give like when you're actually holding the reins and you're different but for me when i start a young horse i don't put the side reins on until after i've ridden them son until after they kind of start to understand the contact that's just me though okay um let's see how do i join the live sessions yeah okay Okay, Callie, I'm having a bit of trouble coming back from the canner lengthening to a working canner on a straight line. We are pretty successful doing it on a 20 meter circle, but for some reason, he either completely braces against me or disengages in the hind end when I ask for the transitions. Sometimes using a little shoulder in helps, but not always. Right, so when you do, uh, all right, so the, look at the tests, right? Um, at first level, it's lengthened into a 15 meter circle, right? Like first in, level one or two. Yeah, I think first level test two. So, and that's the idea so that you lengthen and then you make a 15 meter circle. And then, you know, you do it into a 10 and you let the circle collect your horse for you. Yeah. Then you say, okay, horse, we're going to lengthen and we're going to make that circle. Just kidding. But the horse is already used to it from the circle, right? And you use the aids on the circle. And then when you take the circle away, the horse remembers the aids. And that's the progression of that. So make that instead of doing a 20, go 15, go 10. When you feel the horse start to come back to you, then you can go on again. Yeah, but I also think that you have to be mindful of when, so when you're like going forward into your canner lengthening, you if your horse stays like honestly balanced and uphill and engaged it's going to be a lot easier to bring them back and a lot of times what happens with a canter lengthening is people get to the long side and they're just like go yeah, right and then, and then the, the, boom, on right. the forehand they are and the horse gets all strung out and so and then, then when work. you try to collect the horse you yes. can't so it's better off i feel like you have to kind of balance how much risk you can take there and be able to bring it back. So it might be that like you could go bigger, but you're going to lose the balance. And so you need to like go a little less so that you can keep your horse uphill and packaged and then be able to bring the horse back. And, and then the, the other thing you could do is not as long also. Go, yeah. When you're practicing, it, it. feel it, go, go, yeah. go 15, 20 meters down the long side and then already bring it back before the horse has a chance to do what she just described. Yeah. And also remember that when you're collecting from the medium canner or the canner lengthening, it's kind of like downshifting in your car. Like a lot of people, I think just like hit the brakes. And you've got to think about your half halt. So it's like half halt when the main comes up, half halt release, half halt release, half halt release, shoulder four. So it's like kind of incremental, especially at first level um, when it's like the first time that you're doing that with your horse. Let it take a little bit more time. Um, 
And, but yeah, I think that's one of the hardest movements in first level For sure. is coming back from because the horse goes, Wee! And then, yeah, <laughs> and like, oh boy. right. And you're on the straight line and, and technically at first level, the horse isn't collected yet. So it's, you know, it's just managing, I think what you and your horse can keep together and manage. And I think that's one thing that's tricky about showing is kind of knowing like, okay, here's where I can get a few extra points versus here's where I need to just take the safe seven. Right. And maybe I can't go like, maybe, you know, if you, you, like you said, you can do it on a 20 meter circle. So you can go more on the 20 meter circle and build that strength. But when you're in the show ring, you need to keep your horse on the aids and you want to always give your horse confidence in the show ring. So if you go like a thousand miles an hour down the long side, and then you're all out of balance and your horse is frazzled and, and you're you got frazzled. three movements before you get it back. Right. That's not so, helping anybody. Yeah. So are you going to read us a story? A book? Oh. I thought you were going to read us an excerpt. Okay. Um, here's just... one from Noreen. She says, I tried Herman's 20 meter circle exercise with eight cones, don't, going through two cones at a time. It was a totally different ride, easy, smooth, and round rather than stiff and not bending. <laughs> what makes the difference? The circle or my focus or something else? Okay, the things that you do to get from point A to point B, right? So you're at your set of cones and then you focus on that next set of cones. All those little things where you change your body and you turn and you focus and your weight shifts, all that has meaning to your horse. And when you don't do those things, when you don't see the line of travel, when the horse can fall off the line of travel, when you're not making that a little bit of adjustment, then the horse isn't really on the aids. If, for example, you're walking through the mall and you're not paying attention to where the people are, you will hit them. So how is it that you can navigate through a shopping mall and not walk into people? Because you see the people, your body makes adjustment, your foot moves and do, 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 and you get there totally in balance without even thinking. And that's what happens when you're totally focused on that next spot, right? Your body subconsciously starts to move and your horse goes, oh, that's what you wanted. That's that in a nutshell. Look, Mariano, your your cousin from Argentina. Oh my God! Say hi to Mariano. Hola, chick. Yes, is. We have people all over the world. Let us know where you're watching from. So my, if you're tuning my, in, those are my cousins in Argentina. That's uh, right. Her mom's from Argentina. So yes, we were know. very excited during the World Cup. In case you guys watch football, soccer, very happy. My family and I were all okay. So anyway, are you gonna read us a story? Um, he's just got a couple of things. Now you guys all get to know how old I am because my eyes are going. Um, He's been reading. It's really good to read books about like dressage so. and about riding and theory. Okay, Shari's from Wisconsin, North Texas. Oh, someone's from New Zealand. Wow. New York, North Dakota. It's North Dakota, you win. <laughs> I went to uh, boot camp, Great Lakes, Illinois, in the winter, and oh my, that was. So these things are, what's he call it? Um, rules of thumb and general advice. So, festina lente is a Latin sentence and means hurry slowly. 
right? And then TTT, which is things take time, right? Things take time. Somebody else alluded we to need, that earlier. We need like a sign that says that. Things take time. Now this, I'm gonna got, write that down. Uh, we brought this up a little bit earlier about not teaching your horse that, you, that you're not stronger than <laughs> it. It says when art ends, violence begins. <laughs> That's a right? good quote for you. <laughs> when art ends, violence begins. I always thought about it as uh, when knowledge These are good. ends. When knowledge yeah. ends, violence because when you I don't always, know how. No, I always say when when knowledge ends, frustration starts or something like that. Right, but then some people begins. take it the next step. Just yeah, you may get frustrated. Some people go the next step, and we've all seen it, and it's not pretty. So. Now, here you go. The correct seat is the basic prerequisite for the applications of all aids. These are good. Yes. Gold. He, he is. He's, yeah. I need to take some of these quotes. And then the way aids posters. are the most essential and most influential ones, but also the most subtle and least noticeable, which goes back to answering that question, right? When you're looking at the, uh, the cones, you're changing your weight. You're adjusting your body. You're moving around because you see the cone and your body knows how to move. Okay. And so that's what makes it the big difference because you used your weight age. He said it better than I did. But, and uh, just so you know, I don't know that I've ever had an original thought. I've gotten to train with really, really fabulous people that have taught me a ton. Wait, someone wants to know. It's Anders Major Anders, Anders Lindgren teaching exercises that's the name of the book everybody got it major anders lindgren's teaching exercises he used to come do clinics here yeah um yeah 79 80 in there somewhere before i was born yeah and so he wrote this book way back then and uh and so here so here you go and this is the other one which you had said earlier right the reins are primarily of a regulating and explaining nature. They must always be accompanied by forward driving aids. The use of the reins must always be prepared by forward driving aids. You had said that earlier. And these are just little things to keep in your mind when you ride because they're vital. Anyway, um, yeah, so I do every once in a while, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to read that again. And this book has a lot, and the cones come from him because uh, the cones are hugely helpful. As you you guys, should the guys, start a book club with our people. We could do that. I like to read. <laughs> that would be fun. Or we should just start reading like an excerpt every every. We could do that. That would be good. So anyway, that was uh, that was the inspiration for the cones. Was this, and then I adjust the cones. He's got. If you look at the book, he's got it set up so that you mark X. You mark the corners and then you mark the quarter lines at the center line. And that way you always are making accurate figures uh, because right out of Pajaski's book, the, the accuracy of the school figure is paramount to training of the horse. Goes back to the question about the circle. If you are accurate, if you are looking and you're accurate, your body is making these adjustments and your horse feels that. So... Anyway, that stuff's just awesome. Anyway, it's just such a great feeling. And then when that happens, that's the best. Your horse and you getting together, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yes, it yeah, is. It is cool. So, 
All right, everyone. We'll be here next Thursday. Are you coming next Thursday? Oh, yeah. Are you going to have our whiteboard ready? I'll have the whiteboard ready. I'm going to make that and I'll put and I'll put the cones in it and then you guys oh, can yeah. see, right? Because I'm going to measure that out on the whiteboard and uh, get the letters and everything and then put the cones with the distances. Yeah. So for those of you who have dressage arenas or are about to build one, you'll know where to put the cones. Because next week's YouTube video that's coming out on Wednesday is part two of Herman's cone lesson with King. So don't miss that on YouTube. Okay. All right. Good night, everyone. What's for dinner? Someone's uh, asking. I don't know. Uh, we've got We're going to scavenge. I had ceviche, actually. Our groom made a ceviche, so I had some ceviche. Yeah. Probably nothing excited. Yeah. Good night, everyone. Bye. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.